Hallelujah. Let's get seated. Thank you, praise team. God bless you. Bless the name of the Lord this morning. And we worship God for his goodness and his loving kindness. Amen. We thank God for what God is doing in our lives. And uh, we praise him for his loving kindness and mercy. Amen. I believe and trust God that uh, today he will also minister to us in a special way. And as we always do, we will welcome guests right at the end of the service. We are finishing on how to overcome the three traps and temptations in life. How to overcome the three traps and temptations in life. And in order to do that, let's go to the book of First uh, John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 is our main scripture. And then after reading that, we will go to the scripture for today. But in the book of First John chapter 2, Verse 15 to 17, that's where we identified the three traps and the three temptations in life. And the Bible actually says, this is all that is in the world. First John chapter 2, verse 15. If you found it, say amen. Okay, let's go there now. The Bible says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, those are the three things that is all in the world. And the Bible says it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the last of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So we have identified to be these three things to be all that is in the world, and these three things constitute the three traps we will face in life, but also they constitute the three temptations that we will face in life and we have identified and defined that these basically make up the value system of the world. So the value system is made out of these things that we have seen. Uh, the temptation to be, the temptation to feel pleasure and uh, all the things that we have talked about. So these are the three traps that cause people to fail. If you check anywhere in your life where you have fallen, where, where you've been found wanting, the, those, the, the source or the cause or the root cause of that failure was based on these three things. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we've been talking about how do we overcome these three things. 
because the Bible says uh, we have to love the people of the world. John, John chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it's, it's God's desire that we love the people of the world, but we hate the system of the world. Because the system of the world is built on these three things. So, over the past three weeks, this is our fourth week now, we have looked at how do we overcome the issues that have to do with uh, lust of the flesh, and uh, how do we overcome the issues that have to do with the pride of life. We were looking at that last, um, last week. And, uh, and then today I want us to talk about how, how then do we begin to overcome the last of the eyes and, and all that. So in order for us to do that, I want us to go to the book of Second Corinthians uh, chapter 9. I will read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read it from the New Life Vision. The New Life Vision. So that's what I'm going to read. It may be different from yours, but I want you to listen because it puts it in a way that's... Uh, very, very nice and very easy for somebody to associate or identify with. And you may not even need to preach after you have read a scripture like that. So this is how it's put in the New Life Vision. It says, I do not need to write to you about helping those who belong to Christ. I know you want to do it. I have told the people in the country of Macedonia that you were ready to send money last year. Your desire has started most of them to give. I am sending these Christian brothers so the words I said about you will prove to be true and you will be ready to help. What if some of the people of Macedonia came with me and found you and found you were not ready to send your gift of money? We would all be ashamed since we talked of you so much. That is why I asked these men to go ahead of me. They can see that the gift you promised is ready. In that way, it will be a true gift and not something you were made to do. Remember, the man who plants only a few seeds will not have much grain to gather. The man who plants many seeds will have much grain to gather. Each man should give as he has decided in his heart. He should not give wishing he could keep it or he should not give if he feels he has to give. God loves a man who gives because he wants to give. God can give you all you need. He will give you more than enough. You will have everything you need for yourselves and you will have enough left over to give when there is a need. The holy writings say, he has given much to the poor. His right standing with God lasts forever. It is God who gives seed 
to the man to plant. He also gives the bread to eat. Then we know he will give you more seed to plant and make it grow so you will have more to give away. God will give you enough so that you can always give to others. Then many will give thanks to God for sending gifts through us. This gift you give, you give not only, you give not only helps Christians who are in need, but it also helps them give thanks to God. You are proving by this act of love what you are. They will give thanks to God for your gift to them and to others. This proves you obey the good news of Christ. They will pray for you with great love because God has given you his loving favor. Thank God for his great gift. It's really nice, isn't it? It's, it's like, like straight to the point that you really don't need to say so much. Rick Warren says that there are 7,000 promises in the Bible with a premise, with a base. So when you're looking at blessing, success, and all these other promises. And then he adds, he says, but the number one promise, the one that stands right at the top, is connected to generosity more than anyone else. And I want to add that when we talk about generosity, I'll refer to him just a little bit and then we're going to the message. When we're talking of generosity, we are not only talking about money. We are talking about your time. We are talking about your talent. We are talking, yes, indeed, about your money. But we are also talking about your praise to God and so many other things. And what you realize is that the more generous you are, the more unselfish person you become in life. Hallelujah. The more generous you are, the more unselfish you become in life. And uh, when you look at giving, or when you look at generosity, it's actually love in action. You can give without loving. It's very possible for you to give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Hallelujah. It's just impossible for you to say, I love somebody and you don't give. Because you either have to give your time. So all these, sorry, today I'll be on husbands again, I'm sorry. So all these husbands that the wives have to cry for you to be at home, for them to spend some time with you, and you say that you love them, all I can say is you are a liar. It's very, very impossible for you to love without giving. And that's why I've said it's time, it's money, it's talent, it's praise. You cannot say you love your children and 
you don't give time to spend with them. It's just impossible. I, for those of us who are married, I would say go back to the time when you were in a relationship. You just believe that that woman or that man is the best thing to happen ever. And, you, and there is nobody else on planet earth that you can spend time with apart from that person. And, and that made you to want to give your time. For those of us who were not really, I remember, <laughs> I remember the first earrings I gave Dr. Melda away were so, uh, were earrings that I'd be very ashamed of today. <laughs> I couldn't write anything home about them. They were so big. Uh, I had to learn later that she loved very small ones. So I bought her very big ones. <laughs> and she just said me to give them away. I think to, to make sure that I didn't get disappointed. But uh, afterwards I was asking, okay, so where are the earrings I gave you? <laughs> and they were nowhere to be found. All right? But it was still an act of giving. That's what I could afford. And from the village where I came from, that's what I knew. <laughs> okay. But what I'm saying is there is absolutely no way you can love somebody without giving. But you can also give, you can actually give without loving. You know? But it's very impossible that you, you, you love and you're not generous. So we have seen from John chapter 3.16 that love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So love is about giving and not taking. If you are a kind of person who likes to take, you don't know what it means to love. Lust is about getting. I want to be, I want to feel, I want to, I want to. It's about you. It's not about other people. So my final reference to Rick Warren, Rick Warren then carries on and he says, of the major words in the Bible, he singled out four. And he says, the word believe appears 272 times in the Bible. The word pray appears 371 times in the Bible. The word love appears 714 times in the Bible. And then he says the word give appears 2,152 times in the Bible. And that just shows you that God is a giver. Hallelujah. And I want to say as we begin to dig deeper into the word that I want you to understand this today, that everything you have in your life is a gift from God. You may think because I work so hard for it, and that's why I want you to know there are also others who worked so hard and they have nothing to show for it. Everything, absolutely everything you have in your life is a gift from God. He is a generous God who gives us clothes, who gives us food, who gives us air, who gives us rain, who gives us sunshine. And to the children of Israel, he even demonstrated to them that it was him who gave them the power to get wealth. It is actually God 
who gives you the ability to earn a living if it wasn't god i'm sorry for you deuteronomy chapter 8 18 says and you shall remember your god for it is he who gives you power to get worth why does he do that the answer is right there it says that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day when we talk about last of the eyes uh i demonstrated it the other week that sometimes you look at an advert or you look at a, a catalog or you look at a magazine and there are some things that are on promotion there are some things that are being sold and you see them and then all of a sudden you discover that you can actually not live without them and you say i have to get this that's what we want to talk about how do you overcome that so today we we'll talk more about giving the bible is living and vibrant actually i think hebrews 4:12 talks about that they say the word of god is living and active and the bible is relevant to our lives today as it has always been hallelujah so we will talk about the 12 benefits of being a generous person the 12 benefits of being a giver 12 benefits of being a giver hallelujah today by the time we walk out of the church we will begin to break this hold on our lives of being stingy uh i i recently saw quite a lot and we're talking with a brother about the concept that has recently come up about stingy men association of malawi simam and there's one in zimbabwe as well i'm told stingy men so when it was around valentine there was this thing whereby all the men were going for a conference men's conference uh and it was that but you know things the way things start they start like that they start like that and actually you can actually end up seeing people becoming very stingy and then if they come from the tribe where i come from the tribe where i come from the men are very stingy they can actually not even care about their children the 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 culture where we come from it kind of promotes that your real children are the children of your sisters and uh, and and others and you can allow your children to suffer and say their uncle should come and take care of them because as for me my children are the ones of my sister and and there are men from my tribe i will disclose my tribe later on there are men from my tribe who would rather pay school fees for their nephews and their nieces and their children don't go to school they actually believe their children are the the children in their house and not theirs the ones that they have to take care of are the ones that belong to their sisters and the like and and you find our tribe very very close sometimes to our relations we can be very close to our relations and not our wives we are called jewa people 
and and the, that comes from the 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 spirit of nyau you can actually be a believer but being very controlled by the spirit of these masquerades and if you are in church today and you want to focus more on the children of your of your sisters and your brothers and you make your children suffer may god have mercy on you because it's not right hallelujah so the very first ones that you will learn how to give to are your children your wife and then everyone else begins to benefit from there please let us stop uh this uh habit of trying to to be very nice to other people and be devils in our houses in our homes it's not right hallelujah so 12 benefits of being a giver 12 benefits of being a generous person giving honors god when you are a generous person you honor god actually giving is an act of worship it's a recognition that everything you have is a gift from god i want you to follow me and say everything i have, everything I have. is a gift from god So you give because you're saying Lord all these things that I have today they are actually yours they have never been mine before they were never mine before I was born they are never mine after I am born and they will never even be mine after I have died because the people I leave they will share Hallelujah In in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 to 15 that we read It says you will be glorifying God by being generous by living a generous life by giving into other people's lives and 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 the scripture we read there it says in in verse 13 he says this proves you obey the good news of Christ so actually giving proves that you are obedient to the bible you are obedient to the good news of Christ Proverbs 14 verse 31 NIV the last part it says but whoever is kind to the needy honors God So there should never be a believer a brother a sister in church whom you see is needy and you don't feel like you can minister to them and then you are waiting for the voice that will come from heaven that will say my son my son my son my daughter my daughter my daughter please respond to this uh-uh. your eyes should not only see the catalog and you to say oh i never knew i couldn't live without this new sandwich maker as you see the sandwich maker also see others within the body of christ and minister to their needs hallelujah it says whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker but whoever is kind to the needy honors god so the moment you begin to be kind to the needy in church you are honoring god the time you begin to become to show kindness to others in school if you are in school and you begin to show kindness to others why should you have 59 boxes of juice taken to school and you come back with 
You know, sometimes that's how we begin to teach our children. You, we have to learn to begin to teach our children say, give. And let them even give what is best. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, generosity, giving, being a giver, draws you closer to God. When you are a giver, you have no idea. The only ones who do not know that being a giver draws them closer to God are the ones who do not give. Hallelujah. Whatever I invest my time in, whatever I invest my money in, whatever I invest my talent in, whatever I invest my praise in, whatever I invest my, my, my everything in, it shows what I am interested in and it shows what is important to me. So if I invest my time, my talent, my money, my praise in God, you know what's going to happen? I'll be drawn closer to God. He says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Hallelujah. Wherever your money goes, wherever your time goes, is what attracts you. Amen. Matthew chapter 621 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. NIV. So I want you to begin to see where exactly is your heart? Where, what exactly do you spend time on? Where, what do you spend your money on? I know, I know ladies, you love Brazilian hair, you love Indian hair, but you know so know that you can live without hair. I, I, honestly, you, 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 you can have, okay, how many weeks do you want to have? <laughs> how many Brazilian hair wigs do you want to have? How many Indian wigs or weave or whatever do you want to have? Okay, okay, you have them. I have no problems. Do you think the other woman doesn't want to wear the Brazilian hair? Why, why can't you share? So, there's something that God has put in the Bible. It's called tithing. And the purpose of tithing, the sole purpose of tithing in the Bible is to teach you to always put God first in your life. That's why it's the first 10%. Amen? You are basically telling God, you know what God, you are really number one in my life. That's why I keep on saying, stop listening to all these arguments of people who have no clue about being close to God and who do not want to give. When you are a giver, it draws you closer to God. I can tell you, church. Hallelujah. So, what is number one? Are you writing now? Hey, so, what is number one? Huh? Giving honors. Number two. So who wants to draw closer to God? You know, the moment you begin to draw closer to God, you become a changed person. The moment you begin to draw, there is absolutely no way you would draw closer to God and never be a changed person. Hallelujah. Number three. 
Being a giver makes you more like Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 it says, For he shall save his people from their sins. Being a giver makes you more like Jesus. You know what Jesus did? Jesus sacrificed, sacrificed his own life. For those of us who say today we are served, I want us to understand that salvation is because of the generosity of Jesus Christ that he was willing to give his own life, life and he gave it on the cross. And today we believe in him and we can say you are my savior and you are my Lord. And, and just being in Christ today has become an insurance from all sorts of things. The things that people struggle with, we don't struggle with them. Every time you give, every time you give, you become more like Jesus. Every time. And you know what begins to happen is that your heart begins to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Not in arrogance, but in actually wanting to do more for the kingdom of God. Proverbs 21 verse 26, New Living Translation says, Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. New Living Translation. It says some people are always greedy, but the godly love to give. The more godly you become, the more generous you are. The more generous you are, the more godly you become. Hallelujah. And, and, and those two go together. Luke chapter eleven forty one says, So, clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you'll be clean all over. It says, clean the inside. What is one way of cleaning the inside? By giving gifts to the poor. And then he says, then you'll be clean all over. So, actually, one of the things that happen, purity, purity, is best done. Best demonstrated by generosity, by being a giver. You know, if it, by, by cleaning the inside, you're not going to last after other women, lasting after other men. You will know that your body is only given to one person and that one person is your wife and that one person is your husband. Hallelujah. When you clean the inside... You will know this money is supposed to be for school fees for my children and not going into the toilet at the pub and become the very wise person putting some money in this pocket, putting some money in the other pocket and then you spend that one and then you go back into the toilet and you borrow from the other pocket. I said, I'll give it back. And then you get home and then the child has been sent back from school and then you, your wife is telling you and you become angry. And what you have used in your life this far is becoming angry and your children don't talk to you. They're so scared. They can't talk to you about anything. Your wife can't talk to you about anything. That's a story for some of us. If we didn't have our mother wouldn't be where we are today. But when we became born again, the Lord told us how to forgive our father. And today he's the only parent that we have. Amen? To be a giver 
The moment, that's why I'm saying this giving issue is not only about money. It's about your life, it's about your talent, it's about, it's about your praise, it's about, it's about everything that constitutes you. There is absolutely no way, if your giving is based on the word of God, that you not live a holy life. It makes you more like Christ. And I want us to know that God is the source of all the blessings we have. And you know the thing about God. If he decides, he can take them away. If he decides, he can take them away. If he decides, he can give you more. And from today, I want us to understand that as far as God is concerned, he is totally in charge. Amen? And because he's totally in charge, the other thing I should also tell you is this. Do you know that God doesn't really need your gift? He really doesn't need your money. In, in, let's go to Psalm, Psalm 50. Psalm 50. He really doesn't need your money. He's just giving you an opportunity to become more like Christ. To become more like him. To become more like Jesus. And that you refuse. Psalm 50. Emma, help the sister now. She's afraid of the insect. Psalm 50. Verse 7. It says, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the beds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of booze or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. He says, if I were hungry, I wouldn't even bother to tell you and you think I am hungry. The reason why I, I want you to give is just because I want you to become more like Christ. All God is doing by giving us an opportunity to be a giver, it's actually for us to learn unselfishness. There is absolutely no way you can be a giver and you are selfish. Absolutely no way. So as a church from today, we have to learn to share. Hallelujah. God does not need your money. We, we need to set these things very clear. Because sometimes people think, oh, if I don't give, that church is going to die. Oh, that church is going to suffer. I want you to know it will not die and it will not suffer. And you even know you have not been giving all this time and this church hasn't died. The generator has still cried since we moved here. Amen? You think it, have, it has ever run of petrol? It will never run out, out of petrol. We will have petrol in that generator until the day Eskom 
gives us electricity in this place. And we will have a church service with nice worship the way it is. You can keep your money. God doesn't need it. But you don't know what you're missing. Hallelujah. And, and I want you to know, it was not yours before you were born. It won't be yours after you die. That's why people will share it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the money you have, the talents you have, the skills you have, the resources you have. They've just been loaned to you whilst you are alive. But it's all his. Hallelujah, church. All you have is because God loves you. If he decides today, he could take it away instantly. And you will learn to be humble before him. He just wants you to be unselfish. And that's how generous he is. Hallelujah. The thing that causes corruption is greedy. Is unselfishness. It's pride of life. It's lust of the eyes. It's lust of the flesh. It's, it's what causes all these to wahala we have. Number four. Being a giver is a cure for materialism. Being a giver is a cure. Is the medicine that heals materialism. Because materialism is, is about getting all you can get and then you begin to hoard it. Do you know, if I want you to know, go back to your homes today, you are going to discover some things that you even wonder, ah, uh-uh, what is this doing here? There are some plates you haven't used them for 15 years. You just put them on display cabinets because they look gold. You don't use them. There, there are some things, actually, to be honest, there are some things you don't need. They are in your homes right now. And somebody needs them. Somebody needs them. What do you actually think is trash to you is somebody's treasure. Somebody needs what you, you, you're skipping it in your house. And your mind has developed this. Uh, I wanted to find a very good word. When I find it, I'll tell you. But there's this deficiency mentality. Whereby you think you don't have enough. The only medicine, the only remedy... To materialism is giving. If you are not generous, you are materialistic. If you are not. Don't don't lie as a believer. Hallelujah. You know, every time you give, David said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. What happens is that every time you give, you break the control, you break the grip, you break the hoard of materialism in your life. Every time you give. You actually feel something is gone. Something has been taken away from you. And then it heals. Then you give. Then th- and you actually realize as you do that more and more and more and more that you are becoming better and better and better and better and better. 
Matthew chapter 6:24 says, "No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money." It's impossible, church, this morning, hear me, for you to have two gods in your life. You can actually be rich and righteous, but the, f- the source is God. But when it's about, hey, let's make money now, let's make money now, let's make money now, you can end up using people to make money. Hallelujah. What's more important in your life, money or God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He says the things that the world is busy chasing after, fighting for, killing for, and all that. He says for you, they will be added to you. They will be added to you. And I can testify to that. I've received suits, I've received clothes that I never thought I would. And not only now, but even way back in my life, there are people who have shown me kindness when I was poor. I remember one time in 1992, somebody gave me a shoe and, and this guy had, had come from America and gave me this shoe and I would wear that shoe. And it's a shoe that made me to convince a certain young lady in this place. Because it was nice. Hallelujah. I've, I've had shoes. I've had, I've had clothes. I've had food. People have given. For most people, they believe that their total wealth, when they take their total assets minus the debts, when they take what they own minus what they owe other people, they think that's what determines their value in life. Their self-worth. In First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 18, this is what the Bible says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Nor to put their hope in wealth. NIV. Which is so uncertain. One thing that the Bible says. Wealth is so uncertain. Let's carry on. But to put their hope in God. Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Everything that God gives you is for your enjoyment. So when I'm talking about being a giver, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to enjoy life. You can actually be a giver and go for holiday every year. To the point that you can come and say, hey, Pastor, this year we are flying to Barbados, pray for us. As long as when you fly, don't say, oh, JFK, uh, Lord, mercy, travel message, Lord. In New York now, travel message, Lord. At Bole International Airport at Disababa, travel message, Lord. You don't do that. You go on for holiday quietly. You come back quietly and bring everybody chocolate in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why are you stingy? You can actually be rich and be righteous and enjoy life. Being a giver doesn't mean you will not enjoy life. You will actually even enjoy life the more. Hallelujah. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. You can't share what you don't have now. 
Hallelujah. Everything God created is for your enjoyment. He is a generous God. You don't know what you are really living for until you break the hold and the grip of materialism in your life. You don't know what you are living for. What are you living for? What, what really pushes you? What really moves you? For some people, it's just spending time with children. For some people, it's just meeting to the needs of the poor. Some people is mentoring somebody else. Who are you mentoring in your life? Who will say, I didn't make some stupid mistakes in my life because I met Pastor Sunga and he spoke into my life? Who are you spending time with? I, l- let me try to read something to you. It wasn't on my agenda and I hope it's not going to take my time. But let me read something to you. I received this on 26th of October, I think, last year. So, I just want to read it to you. So, this person writes to me on 26th October last year. He says, I've been looking for you for years. He says, Ndipo, you have no idea how long I've been looking for you. And he says, years and exclamation mark. And I believe it. That it's years. So he says, I was just asking the wrong people. to connect with you. And then he says, so listen. I want you to hear. So listen. You did something that has a lasting impact on my life. And I never had a chance to talk about it. It was 20 years ago. This is 2020. 20 years ago, minus yourself. I shouldn't minus for you, minus. So it was 20 years ago, I was in Limbi and would be getting a minibus back to Zomba. I ran out of money. I think I had remaining on me half of what the bus fare was supposed to be. I don't know what gave me courage to get on the bus because I didn't know what I would say to the conductor when it was time to pay the bus. Lucky for me, you were on the same bus and you saw me before I saw you. When paying for your fare, you paid for mine too. And by the way, that time, I was not well liked by most people of your group because they just believed I wasn't good enough for brother so and so. And it was a few weeks before my wedding. So it was such a surprise that you of all the people would care to pay for my bus fare when you were in that group. More importantly, I was broke and I wasn't going to have managed to pay for the bus that day and the big embarrassment of having to explain to the conductor. All that was swallowed by your kindness. I remember you a lot. I think I can't thank you enough for this. Now tell me, how much was the bus fare from Limbi to Zomba in 2000? Let's talk. You, you think you can't pay a bus fare for somebody on the bus in the morning going to work? Why are you stingy? This is 20 years ago. And you know where this person is living now? London. And when I go to London, I'll say, I am in London. And I'll come back with a suit. 
for a bus fare from Limbi to Zomba. I, I, I tell you why. Remember me 20 years later? I did something now. Amen? Hallelujah. And the only way you break the grip of materialism in your life is by being a giver. Number five. Being a giver demonstrates your faith. It shows that you are trusting in the promises of God. It shows that you believe that God will take care of you if you obey him. Hallelujah. You know, I've ever been given a car. I never used to believe that you can be given a car in life. I never used to believe it. Until the day I was given a car. And it was at the lowest ebb in our lives. When the Nissan Liberty we had that time was singing a song in the engine. Every time you started to go, it's doing and it even doesn't have fuel. And somebody just comes home, says, Why are you home? Say, Oh, no, you know, you know, sometimes you, you know, you know. And then I disclose, and the person says, No, take me home. I take them home. We come back the following day, we meet again. And I say, which car did you use? I say, your car. He says, no, that car is yours from now onwards. And even give me some money for fuel. And you know, because of that, it was not very difficult to give that car away. Because I've been given a car before. How I wish God would bless me that I can give each one of you a car. I will tell you the truth. Today I want to disclose one thing. Money for me is not a problem. It's not one of my weaknesses. It's not. You understand, eh? Thank you. It's not. So if you think we are pastoring here because we need your money, you are very mistaken. We have a God who is bigger than you. He was God before you were born. No. Hallelujah. So generosity, generosity, by being generous, your giving proves the reality of your faith. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, New Living Translation says, And I am praying that you put into action the generosity that comes from your faith, the giving that comes from your faith, as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. In Christ we have good things. Hallelujah. Including dear brothers like you and I. Dear sisters like you and I. So you can be generous because of your faith. Stinginess, being stingy, is caused because of unbelief. I don't really believe that God will take care of me. I don't really believe that I'll have enough for myself. And therefore let me be stingy. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. This is what the Bible says. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food in my temple. New Living Translation. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you want, so you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Try it. Put me to the test. 
If all these years you have lived as a believer and you have never given a tithe, try it and put God to the test and let's see what he's going to do. Don't live a life of unbelief as a believer. Hallelujah. What is the storehouse? What is the temple? It's a place where you worship. Don't, don't, don't begin to say, hey, as for me, my tithe, I give to that church. Then what do you come to do here? Hallelujah. This is where you give your tithe. If this is what you call this your church, you give your tithe here. You can be a frequent visitor. We love you. Hallelujah. But if you have made up your mind and say, this is my church, then you bring your tithe to this church. And as I have said, we are not going to eat your money. God is just trying to test your obedience. Hallelujah, church. And God says, I dare you. See if I will not bless you more. See if I will not do it. And you know, that, that one, it's not the pastor. It's God. God says, you try it. Put me to the test and let's see what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Number six. Being a giver reveals your character. Being a giver reveals your character. It shows the kind of heart you really have. Whether you are selfish or unselfish. Whether you are stingy or you are a giver. It reveals your character. Let me read to you a certain scripture. Listen to this. Proverbs 23 verse 6 to 8. And New Living Translation. This is what the Bible says. It says, don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. If you are a kind of person who is always thinking how much it costs, you are stingy now. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says they are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. It's in the Bible now. Verse 8, now listen to verse 8. I love verse 8. It says, you will throw up what little you have eaten. And your compliments will be wasted. It means you will vomit what you have eaten. Because whilst you were eating, they were saying, how much it costs? How much it costs? How much? And because of what they are saying in their heart, you, you say, I feel like I need to throw up. Stinginess causes people to vomit. Here, how many people have you made vomit? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's in the Bible. I'm not creating it. It's in the Bible. Hallelujah. So, being a giver reveals your character. God uses money to test what is really inside of you. That's what he uses. Hallelujah. And to see if you can trust him more. If you are faithful in little, the Bible says in Luke chapter 16, 10 to 12, that he will give you more. He will, he will bless you more. It says, if you are faithful in that which is not your own, there will be a greater blessing in eternity. So your rewards and your responsibility in heaven will be based on how you manage your money. Let me, let me just give you ten examples. Please, if you can just write them down. Because some, some of the people, some of the most generous people, 
that I know are people who give from their small portion. So don't, don't say it's only for the rich. Even if you don't have enough, some of the ones I have known to really, really be generous, they give from their small portions. Number one, just write these scriptures and read them when you get home. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. Luke chapter 21, verse 1 to 4. It talks about giving out of poverty. Luke 21, 1 to 4. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14 to 21. Luke chapter 19, it talks about Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus gave because of a personal transformation that took place in his heart. Hallelujah. Exodus 36, verse 1 to 7. It's a story of Moses that he had to tell the people, stop giving. We have enough for building the house of God. I look forward to that day when I will tell you stop. Stop, church. Stop. We have more than enough money in the account to build the church. Hallelujah. But if you are stingy, you will make me to do a preaching on giving separate for building. And after sweating, you still not give. And you even make the church to collapse. The way you will vomit. You'll be saying, hey, the money I gave. And no wonder, all things may fall. Second Corinthians 8 to 9. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. It talks about the good Samaritan. And in Genesis 45, it talks about Joseph. So the issue is, if you are untrustworthy with worldly worth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Number seven. Being a giver brings God's blessing. Being generous brings God's blessing. If you want God's blessing in your life, learn not to be stingy. Hallelujah. Be open-handed. Help other people with what God has given you. You don't need to wait for more. Whatever God has given you today, use it to help other people. Hallelujah. You know, the more you give away your time, the more you give away your talent, the more you give away your treasure, the more God will give to you. Listen to these scriptures. Proverbs 22 verse 9, New Living Translation. All the three I will read are New Living Translation. This is what the Bible says. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. How many people do you feed? Deuteronomy 15 verse 10. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. How many of you want to be blessed in everything you do? The Bible has given here the answer says, Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. 2 Corinthians 9, 7-8 You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly 
or in response to pressure. So today, don't give because of pressure. Hallelujah. Because you will not be blessed. It's better not to give. And let those who want to give with a willing heart be blessed and you watch them being blessed. Since for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. It's in the Bible. How many want you to have plenty left over to share with others? The answer is here. It means you just give generously, not grudgingly, not reluctantly, not because you feel pressure. That that day the pastor was preaching and it came with pressure. Resist the pressure. You say, I will not give. Because if you try to give because of pressure, you will not be blessed. Number eight. Being a giver increases your happiness. Increases my happiness. Being a generous person. The only people who don't know that being a giver increases happiness are the ones who are not generous, the ones who are stingy. But everybody who is generous knows that what I am saying is true. Amen. Church, there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. And you know what it takes? It takes maturity. Actually, being stingy just shows you are not mature. It doesn't matter how old you are. You may be 59 or 72 or 61 or 38. You are immature because you are still stingy. Stop being mean and stop being self-centered. Unfortunately, some people don't grow up. They are old and it's still about them. If you are a father in this house and you come home with only two eggs for you, you are stingy. You come home with only one piece of a chicken, you are stingy. If you go to KFC secretly and eat alone at KFC and everybody at home is eating limanda and terere, you are stingy. You are immature. Hallelujah. If anything you do with people, you ask, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of this? You belong to Simam, Stingy Men Association of Malawi. You are very stingy. Hallelujah. Grow up. And growing up includes not being stingy. Amen? And not everything can be about you. You only want people to pay only attention to you. Why can't you pay attention to other people? I always ask when we leave church, please greet people who have come here for the first time. Why do you want only to be the ones to be greeted? Why can't you go and greet the new ones? Today I watch or I watch. I will stand at the door and watch. Even Jesus says I stand at the door and watch. I watch. The easiest thing you can give to people is love. Number nine. Being a giver expands your influence. 
influence comes from what you give away in life and not what you get. Hallelujah. What you give away in life expands your influence. And it has nothing to being famous. It has nothing to do with that. There are a lot of people who are famous, but they have no influence. A lot. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11.24, New Living Translation. says, give freely and become more worthy. Be stingy and lose everything. New Living Translation. Psalms 112 verse 9. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. There are some people who die who are remembered forever. There are other people who die, they are easily forgotten. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be good that you are remembered forever because of what you did? There's a young boy. He's literally failing to go to school because of 2,000 kwacha transport money. And you spend it on airtime. Even more than that. I'm, saying, I'm not saying airtime is bad. Because, you know, sometimes when you're not looking out for the needs of other people. When you are just focusing on yourself, you not know the needs of other people. When you just look at me, myself, and I. And one thing I will challenge you today, church, you cannot outgive God. Amen? As you give, the more influence you have. My question today is, can God trust you with money? Can he because when you are generous, even at a time when you have no money, you are out of work and you are still generous. One of the things you can be generous with when you are out of work and you have no money is your time. It can be an opportunity for you to begin to mentor somebody. And, and, and the question is, as God begins to trust you, one of the things I will guarantee is that there will be influence. You will begin to have influence on young people, influence on young girls, influence on, on single mothers, influence on teenage mothers, influence on that one, influence on that one. Sometimes we waste our pain. Sometimes we lose opportunities for ministry in the times when we are not employed. Sometimes we lose opportunities in life. Because we focus on me, myself, and I. Who will be in heaven because of you? Number 10. Being a giver multiplies your money. Being a giver, being a tither, being generous multiplies your money. When you give God 10%, and I want you to try it. Those of you who have really struggled to learn to tithe, give God 10% this month. One of the things I will guarantee you, and if it doesn't happen, come here, I'll give you the pulpit, and you will say, Pastor McDuff is a liar, liar. This is what I want to challenge you, what God is going to do. 
he will make the remaining 90% go further than if you had the 100% on yourself. Amen? Hallelujah. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. New Living Translation. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. One of the things I think as a church we have not done well, meaning the body of Christ, is that we have preached about prosperity without saying that the secret to prosperity is being generous. Time, talent, money, praise. Number 11. 2 Corinthians 9, 9, we read, says so that you can give even more generously. Number 11. Being a giver, being generous, brings God's protection. Psalm 112, verse 5 to 6, New Living Translation says, Good comes to those who lend money generously, And conduct their business fairly. Meaning with integrity. If you conduct your business without integrity. You don't qualify. Hallelujah. Verse 6. Such people who conduct their business with integrity. Will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous. Will be long. Remembered. Hallelujah. One of the secrets you have, God providing protection, says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your family, your business, your own life can literally be under the protection of God. What I want you to know is this. Everybody has problems. Everybody has tough times in life. Everybody. Don't, don't think you are the only one. Everybody has tough times and tough problems in life. And there is no guarantee when you come to Christ that your life will become problem free. There is no guarantee. If you look for a church like that, you are in a wrong church. Because there is no guarantee. Your life will face challenges. Your life will face problems. Your life will face trouble. But even though the evil circumstances will happen, the Bible says because you are generous, you will not be overcome by the evil. Sometimes you wonder, why are we not overcome by this evil? It could be because of the generosity and the giving of yesterday, of last year, or the other time. Our God remembers. We serve a God who remembers. God will make sure you are not blown away by the evil circumstances or overthrown by the evil circumstances that happen in your life. God will bless you even in tough times. He will do that. I have a testimony. Lots of them. How God has come through in tough times. You think God doesn't care about what you care about? He does. Psalms 138 says, He shall perfect that which concerns you. I think it's verse 8. 
So sometimes you think it's only you who is concerned about you. He says, if, if he takes care of the sparrows, if he takes, he says, you, if you don't even know the number of hair on your head. He knows it. Some of it you have lost at the saloon and some of it at the barber shop and you didn't even care when that barber man was busy sweeping away your hair. You didn't even say, oh no, that's my hair, I'm taking it home. How many of you men have taken the hair back home? You leave it at the barber shop, you don't care about it. And God says, I know the number. I know the number of hair the barber has taken out of your head today. And you go home and you say, I'm looking good. After losing hair, you are looking good. Yes, you are. But God says, I care about that. I know the number. I know the sparrows. I feed the birds. And how do you think I wouldn't feed you? How do you think I wouldn't take care of you? How do you think I wouldn't take care of the issues that affect your life? Why do you think so? More or less like saying, what else do you want me to do? To prove that I care about you. Finally, number 12. Generosity, giving, being a giver, will be rewarded in heaven. The only things we carry across are spiritual things. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 89, New Living Translation says, So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. New Living Translation. says many people, people who long to be rich, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Please don't do things to prove to people that you too have some. Use your money to do good. Money is not supposed to be loved. Hallelujah. Money is not supposed to be loved. Because people say money is the root of evil. No. The love of money is the root of evil. Because you can actually use money to love people, to do good to people. If you start to love money, what happens is that you begin to use people. Money, money is a tool. It's neither good nor bad. It's very, very neutral. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. You can use it for good ways. You can use it in bad ways. But the only investment we have for eternity is giving. Hallelujah. And I will show you a few scriptures. You will be living a fruitful Christian life here on earth. But, even though you can't take it here, you send it on ahead. Jesus said about four times in the Bible, he says, store up your treasure in heaven. Store up your treasure in heaven. Store up your treasure in heaven. How? By investing in people who are going to heaven. Hallelujah. What you send on I heard. You are going to enjoy the treasures of heaven for yourselves. 
Let me read the last scripture, Luke chapter 6 verse 9. This is what the Bible says. Here is the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. What the Bible says, take some of your money to build bridges of friendship. Take some of your money to bring people to Christ. Who will go to heaven with you? Take some of your money to support the church. Take some of your money to build the church. Take some of your money to sponsor a program that reaches out to people. And I'm going to tell you one of the things I want us to do on the 8th of May. As I finish. And it's going to be big if we all agree and say, let's do it, Pastor. I'll say it right at the end. The thing is that the people you give money to, you may never know. The people you buy a Bible for. When I say, let's buy Bibles to go and give. You may never know who is going to read that Bible and come to Christ. And one day you arrive in heaven and says, you know what? I'm here today because you gave that money for the Bible. I'm here today. You know, God is not unjust. To forget what we have done. Let, 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 let me read it. I said the last one. Eh? I'm sorry, I'm a preacher. Verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 6. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. Anything you are doing in the kingdom of God, the God we serve, the God I serve, is not unjust to forget what you have done in his kingdom. Hallelujah. My question is, who will be in heaven because of how you use your money? Because you bought a Bible, because you sponsored a project, because you sponsored a church program, because you said, Pastor, let us build the church. So build, so build with the wall. And the wall reached, I think, half of Jeremiah, Nehemiah says, he says, because the people had a mind to work. And somebody will say, through what you did, I got to know the Lord. Do you know there are some people who haven't started coming to KICC yet because they are waiting for us to finish building the church? They are so scared to come now and say, hey, when we go there, they'll ask us to give money. Somebody will be in heaven one let somebody be in heaven one day and say, I'm here in heaven today because of you. And for that, thank you. That's what it means to be rewarded in heaven. Everything you spend on earth, you are losing it. Everything you invest in others and invest in God's work, you are going to gain it again in heaven. For God is not unjust to forget what you have done for the kingdom. Amen? So my question today is, where do you want to keep your worth? 
Where do you want to keep your greatest wealth? Do you want to keep it here on earth where you are for about 70 years? Or do you want to send it ahead to heaven where are you going to use it for trillions and trillions and trillions of years? That you made a decision to make a huge difference for the kingdom of God. This morning I'm going to give you an opportunity. But please, uh, Deacon Foster, can you get the papers? I've got some papers there. Everybody should get a piece of paper and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Can I have all the deacons, please? Everybody, please share the paper. I want everybody to get a piece of paper. Somebody help him, please. Deacons, I want, I want this to be done quickly. Everybody should get a piece of paper. Everybody should get a piece of paper. The only thing you would do today on that piece of paper is you write your name and your phone number or email address. That's the only thing I want you to do. You will take that paper home. All right? I don't want you to do anything under pressure. You will take that paper home. You will take time this week to pray about that paper. When you come to church on Sunday next week, I want you to write on that paper the pledge you want to give to God through KICC for the next three years. 2021, 2022, 2023. I want you to say, by 2023, I want to have given to God this much money and I will start with this every month, but I will really make sure that I meet my pledge. Now, if you don't want to do that, please don't do it. Hallelujah. Please, please, I beg you by the messes of God, don't do it. But you're saying, Lord, I want to make a pledge to you for the next three years. By the end of the next three years in this church, in this KICC, I want to have given this much to your kingdom. And I will come up with a very proper schedule on how I'm going to do this. And please don't teach, don't let me to be too wise for myself. And I want to say this, the fact that you have made that pledge, if you make that pledge, doesn't mean you stop giving tithe. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean you stop giving in church on Sunday. Because other people say, okay, now I am doing the pledge and therefore I'm not doing tithe. This has nothing to do with the tithe. This has nothing to do with the giving in church on Sunday. This is a pledge you are giving to God and saying, Lord, I'm giving this money and I want this money to go ahead of me. To be used in the kingdom of God. And when I come to heaven one day, I want to be able to hear somebody who say, because of that pledge you made, here I am today. That pledge you're going to make is an opportunity for you to grow in your faith. If you make that pledge, the church will do well. If you don't make that pledge, the church will still succeed whether you are part of it or not. I'm just trying to teach you how to begin to break the hold of materialism in your life.
One day, you give account for that before the Lord. So don't do it today. Do Go home. Think through this soberly. Hallelujah. Even if you are not working today, you don't know what God can do in the next two months. You don't know what God can do in the next one year. That's why I'm giving you three months, three years. And say, ah, this is what I want to do in the kingdom of God. And surely, surely, the Lord will honor you for that. Amen? On the 8th of May, I want us to do something. I have a few ladies in church who are going to lead on that. I may come and speak briefly. But what we're going to do on the 8th of May, we are going to come up with an advert. We'll put it via WhatsApp. All of you are going to put it on WhatsApp statuses. And we will put it on our Facebook pages. And this is how it is going to say, it's going to read. How to overcome shame. How to overcome shame when you are pregnant or become a single mom out of wedlock. single mothers who are single mothers today and they have a child but they got that child out of the and you are going to minister to them and you are going to tell them the Lord is going to be a and you will minister to them and between now and then I want you to begin thinking because I don't want us to bring people here and then you say oh so go home and be warm something that they can stand up. We're going to do it. We may have to give some, a bit of maybe sugar. We'll come up with the package. I'm going to have a few women who come up with a proper package who say if somebody is a single mom and is really struggling and they are suffering all this shame that the world brings in on them. What kind of a package can we put together? What can we, what can we put together? Is it diapers? Is it, is, it, is it some sugar? Is it some maize flour? Is it 5 kgs of maize flour and salt and sugar? Or whatever. I don't know what it is. But next Sunday we will begin announcing so that we begin to bring these things to church. And then on 8th of May we will minister to them. Hallelujah. How many of you think it's a nice idea? Because you know the church has become too judgmental. The church has become too judgmental. And people when they when because they have become pregnant, we do not we do not put on discipline those who are drunkards. You see how hypocrites we are? The ones who are drunkards, the ones who steal in church. We don't put on discipline. The boys who get these girls pregnant. We don't disclose. But just because something is protruding. 
That's why I don't ask them to come in front. Because that's condemnation. And when you begin to do that as a pastor, everybody condemns. So we want them to know they are welcome here in KICC. And their children will be king's kids. The act may be an act of sin. But the, the, the one inside there is not a sin. It's a blessing before God. A full human being that God is going to use one day. We need to become a church that gives hope to the world. Hallelujah. Am I encouraging young women to be going out and sleeping? No, that's not what I'm doing. But I'm saying after that has happened, something needs to be done that brings restoration. Hallelujah. And you will learn not to be judgmental. You will learn to embrace. You will learn to give hope. You will learn to give encouragement. Hallelujah. So 8th of May, put it in your diary. We're going to do it as a church. And we will invite. And they will come. And I know it's a good idea. Hallelujah. That begins part of, now that becomes part now of us begin to reach out. To reach out. To reach out. And I'll tell you another group will reach out. But this is the very first one. I've got some few ladies in church who are going to minister to them. And tell them not all hope is lost. You know, it sounds like too simple. But you know, the answer for everything we are looking for is in Christ. Why then don't we use this Christ to reach out? Amen. So that pledge, think over it, pray over it, the whole of this week. When you miss church next week, oh no, you didn't want to do it. So I want you to still come to church and not give your paper. And we will not judge you. We will love you. Hallelujah. But I'm giving you an opportunity to begin to learn to invest in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's how you overcome the three traps and temptations in life. Humility, integrity, and being a giver. Let KICC be known as a church that is full of givers. And one thing I would like to ask you as as well, sorry, today I'm begging a lot. But next week when you call home, this week, spend time to put together all the clothes your children are no longer wearing. Okay? All the clothes your children are no longer wearing, all the clothes you are no longer wearing, you know I will never wear this again. All right? All those that you're not wearing again, the clothes you're not wearing, the bed sheets you, are, you know I'll never use them. Amen? The blankets you know I'll never use this blanket again. The clothes, whether it's size 18 or size 22, whatever size it is, the shoes you know I'll never wear this shoe again. The pots you are saying I'll never use this pot again. The plate you know I'm never going to use this plate again. Next week, Sunday, bring them to church. And we'll put them here and we'll pray for them. And we'll go and give. And you'll see the joy on people's faces. And that joy and that happiness, it will birth another joy and happiness in your life. And check how the Lord will give you more. It's time for us to begin to put scripture into practice. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just want to thank and bless you.
for your word today. Be glorified and be exalted. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you brought a tithe, I want you to stand up. You brought a tithe. I've taught you. You brought a tithe. Just to stand up, I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank and we want to bless you for our brothers, our sisters who are giving tithe today. Your word says, try it. Put me to the test. See if I will not open for you windows of heaven. That there will not be room enough for you to receive the blessing. See if I will not rebuke the devourer and give you protection. So we pray, Lord, the blessing of the tithe. Let it come upon your people. To the glory and praise of your holy name. Let them become a delightful land. Open doors for them. As we even give our offerings today, we want to pray in Jesus' name. Bless this offering. Let it do the work of the ministry. Be glorified. Your word says, give and it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give to your bosom? Because of this giving this week, let us experience a breakthrough in this week, oh God. Not because we are doing it grudgingly. Not because of pressure. But because we want to. Because we want to do it in obedience to the good news of the gospel of Christ. Bless this church. Bless your people. Open doors of opportunity for them. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah.